good Tuesday morning, everybody. Hope you're doing wonderful on this Tuesday morning. Whatever you're doing, wherever you're heading, maybe you're heading to work. I don't know what you're doing, but I hope you have a good day today. Thanks for coming in, stopping by, and listening to us today, letting us talk to you for a little while. And uh, I've got with me, sitting across the table, is my brother-in-law, Zachary Cordell. Good morning. I had to turn my mic on. I was readjusting. Huh. It's good to be with everybody on this Tuesday morning. Excuse my sounds over here. Really? <laughs> there we go. <laughs> had to get readjusted. Well, it's good to be back with you on another Tuesday. Here I am again. I'm, three, I'm hitting a, three, four. I don't know how many. I'm I'm hitting a pretty good streak here. Pretty good. I know that. Pretty good streak. So we're doing pretty good. We got another guest with us today. Third seat at the table. Third mic at the computer. However you want to put it. Say hi, brother. Hello, everybody. Good to be back on two peas on a pod. We've got brother Mark White with us, and there is a slight delay in the connection here so i guess that's what you get when you go from kentucky to texas if you got a little bit of a a pause in between times that we speak don't think nothing of it just bear with us for a second just pray for us just pray for us all right (laughs) (laughs) so we had some listeners talk to us and ask us a question brother mark and they said how do you how do you know what to do if god's calling you if God's calling you in the ministry, what do I do? How uh, give you know give our stories about how we were th- us three were called into the ministry, the calling of God, the will of God, and uh, and so that's the topic today: the will of God, the calling of God, specifically ministry, whether it be Sunday school, evangelism, lay preacher, missionary, any kind of ministry topic what to do if god's calling you how to know the will of god well first i guess we need to start off by saying that if god's calling you you know you want to be familiar to the voice of god it's a personal experience not everybody's experience is going to be the same me and brother zach's are completely different we're in completely two different ministries and now me and brother mark are in the same ministry but we still have different ministries because everybody's different even though we're both evangelists we're we still have very different ministries, but uh, you think about there. You think about Samuel there in First Samuel three. Um, you think about when you know he went. Uh, God was calling him, and he thought Eli was calling him, and so he went over there, and you know he kept saying that you know it's not me. Go back, and finally, after so many times that you know he Eli, you know he recognized that he wasn't familiar with God's voice. He said maybe God's calling this kid. And he finally said, you know, speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. And that's what I've done. That's what I think a lot of us have done. You know, we feel the pull of God, the voice of God. I've said that so many times over the years. Speak, Lord, for thy servant heareth. So, Brother Mark, what, what would you have to say to somebody that's, you know, asking that question? Well, that's a very good question. That's a uh, very relevant. And first thing I'd like to say, you mentioned Samuel there um i think it's worth noting that when the lord first started talking to samuel he heard god's voice but he thought the voice that he heard 
was that of Eli or, in our sense, the pastor. He yeah. thought it was his was the voice of, of his authority. And um, the first thing that I would tell somebody is make sure you have a good, open, solid communication with your pastor and uh, let him guide you, give you good godly counsel. The Bible says uh, in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And uh, man, it's uh, there's been many people that has felt that God had a call on their life and maybe God did have a call on their life, but they didn't want to make their pastor a part of that process of getting for, of getting them from where they're at to where God wanted them to be. They tried to do it on themselves. They made a wreck of everything. But if you will uh, make your pastor part of it and go to him with counsel and go to him with an open heart, not 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 just close-minded, but be open-minded. Take his advice. Take his counsel. Take the wisdom that God's given him. Apply that to your life. And uh, I think God could help somebody tremendously. I know whenever I first started, uh, I got saved when I was 10. But I knew when I was about 11 years old um, that I wanted to preach. I wanted to be a preacher. But the calling never came until I was 18. But that was when I answered the call. God started the process of calling me when I was about 16, 17 years old. And uh, I would talk to my pastor about it. And I was like, how I really imagined it in my mind. <laughs> I imagined that if God's going to call me to preach, I imagined that God was going to send an angel down in my living room <laughs> and this angel is going to gospel trumpet <laughs> and he's going to sound the trumpet. Yeah. This is how I imagined it. I was like, I was like, uh, uh, that angel's going to sound that trumpet and he's going to give me a heavenly message straight from the throne room, from the lips of an angel that God's called me to preach. Yeah. And, uh, now obviously it didn't happen that way. Um, in anything that we do with the Lord or that we do for the Lord, it's going to take faith. Yeah. Uh, if God would have done that, no doubt God could have sent an angel and done all that. But for an angel to do that, it wouldn't have required much faith. Mm -hmm. But whatever we do for God, whatever God calls us into, it's going to have to be by faith. And, uh, um, that's that's with anything. That's uh, stepping into being a Sunday school teacher, stepping into being a preacher, stepping into being an evangelist, or whatever it is. It's got to be a walk of faith, and you got to keep a good, open line of communication with your pastor and uh, seek his counsel. That's right. Right. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. And <clears throat> that's what I did when I was uh, very seriously praying about um preaching that's what i went to my pastor and talked to him about it and i was uh i was raised in a pastor's home and in a preacher's home and um i had felt the calling really i had i'd felt it for years like brother mark said from the time i was young and i 
I really didn't want it for a long time. You know, I, I, uh, I wouldn't say ran from it, but I just, I was, I don't know how, really how to explain it, but I was loved the, I loved the Lord. And I know that a lot of times when people run from a calling it, they kind of struggle in their relationship with God. And that's not where I was. I loved the Lord. I sang a lot and played music and worshiped the Lord in that capacity. And uh, I, I was just so nervous about preaching, though. And I remember standing, and I didn't start preaching until, um, what was it? I think it was 2018. So you know, I've only been preaching about four years. And I was standing up at the altar call at E-Town Youth Camp. And I was already married, already had children. And uh, I was just kind of standing there. I wasn't even really praying, you know, necessarily. I was just kind of praying for people and things. And I was just kind of standing there, and I felt the Lord just start dealing with me really strong. And it shocked me because I, I hadn't really thought about it for a while. And uh, I hadn't really prayed about it in a while. I mean, I had several times through the years, but at this point... I hadn't for a long time, and I felt God start dealing with me really strong, and it, it took me back. And so when we got home from camp, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to go pray. I said, I've, I've got to figure out what I'm going to do, you know. And uh, I was a little bit like Brother Mark. You're, you're expecting something big. You know, you, you're expecting yeah. fanfare yeah. and, like he said, an angel and trumpets and, a, you know, drums or whatever, you know, big old band to come down and, and that's you know that's sort of what I expected, but it made me so nervous. The thought of preaching made me so nervous. And like I said, I was raised in it. I was raised around it. I knew what it was. I knew what it entailed. But the fact of just having something to say made me so nervous. <laughs> and because uh, it ain't like yeah. singing, you know, I I don't have to put together my <laughs> own song. And I have a time or two, but I don't have to. You know, I, I get a song and I have the words to it, and I just get up and sing it. And so it wasn't really the fact of getting in front of a crowd. I was used to that. It wasn't the fact of, um, you know, the uh, um, having people looking at your life and things. You know, I, I'd been in that. Like I said, I was raised in a, in a minister's home. But just coming up with something to say for myself, having my own sermon. And I that's what I prayed when I was really desperately praying about it because I knew something had to give. And I think you'll get to that point. I think Mark and Austin yeah. both agree. You'll get to a point where something will have, you'll have to do something. Oh yeah. You'll either have to accept it or reject yeah. it at, at a certain point. That process of trying to figure it out is misery. Right. Trying to. Yeah. Uh, and so that's where I was. And so when I was there, I said, Lord, what will I say? You know, what, what in the world am I going to say? That's how I felt. And I know there's a whole Bible of stuff <laughs> yeah. to preach, but, you know, that was just my, you know, everybody has their different battles when they're praying about preaching, and that was mine. Yeah. And so I got up yeah. my first night to preach, and I was worried to death. And uh, I preached right at 50 minutes, and I skipped over at least probably a third of my sermon. <laughs> my first time preaching, I was up almost yeah. an hour. Uh, and But I've cut down the time from that, thankfully. But anyway... Um, yeah. It's a process, but I just think you'll know. You know, when, like I say, you'll get to the point and God yeah. will bring you to the place to where you'll know and you've got to do something. It's got, it's got to go one way or another. You know, when you're praying for direction, yeah. for one thing, you've got to give God your all. You know, some people, and I know we've all been guilty of it probably, will say, Lord, I'll do that, but 
or I'll do anything, but you know, I'll, I'll go there, but and we always want to put that, that little phrase in there, but we got to be all in. We got to say, Lord, anything, whatever you want me to do. David Livingstone said, I'd rather be in the heart of Africa and the will of God than be in the throne of England out of the will of God. And we know we've got to be, give him everything. There's no peace like the will of God can bring, but there's also no misery like the will of, like the out of the will of God can bring. And you know, it, God's will for someone's life, it don't have to be preaching. It takes everyone to make the church go on different callings, different wills of God. We all have different strengths, some to keep the lights on, some to clean the pews, pay the bills, mow the grass. You know, there's a will of God for folks, and I'm not downplaying those things. You know, can you imagine if your pastor had to do everything? And some do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, if your pastor, like a yeah. far pastor, he stays in his office practically all day, every day. You know, he don't have, he don't, you know, need, he don't want to go out there and have to mow every blade. And I know he would do those things if he had to, but oh, the will of God, when people step up and do a job that God's called them to do. And one man said this, he said, if I throw an anchor to a shore, do I pull the shore to the boat or does the boat pull to the shore? And that is that prayer won't align God's will to you, but rather it will align you to the will of God. Right. And so yeah. God's got a will, but we need to get a hold of it. And so that, that takes me to my story. And my story is very, I, I started preaching probably about a year or so before Zach. And Zach's been, you know, going through the call for so many years. I, I want to make a correction. I said 2018. It was 2017. Yeah. July 30th. I started in 2016. Yeah. October of 16. So I've been, I said I started in 2018, yeah. but it was... July thirtieth of two thousand seventeen. Yeah. So Halloween is a is definitely a date that we don't celebrate in my house, but Halloween is an anniversary anniversary time for my my first message. But uh, I preached on the name above all names, and my voice was a lot higher than it is right now. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of preaching and evangelizing will lower your voice. That's for sure. You get a that's you, true. You pretty much live <laughs> with preachers' croup, as they mm-hmm. call it. But I'm glad yeah. for it. I didn't yeah. want a real high pitched voice, and that's what I had <laughs> for a good, good while. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. Know, it's crazy when you first start preaching. This sounds stupid, but like I was like, I don't even know how to hack. I don't know how to preach. I don't know how to, you know, not that I'm saying, you know, I don't know how to <laughs> preach. I don't know how to talk fast and scream, and, and it takes a while to figure it all out. But uh, that's kind of funny. But anyways, I thought about, um, I was in my father-in-law's office just right here, probably, I don't know, 70 feet, 100 feet from where we're sitting right now. And uh, I was in his office. He's got tons of books there. I was looking at them and kind of getting interested, kind of, I was really praying and wanting to do something for God. You know, I'm a pastor's son-in-law. My wife's super talented, trying to figure out the will of God. And uh, he said, why don't you preach, Austin? You know, he really didn't have any help in the church as far as preaching is concerned. There was one older gentleman in the in the church that preached sometimes, but he's rather sickly. And so, you know, he was wanting, you know, needing some help and uh, just to be able to preach. And and uh, and I was like, it scares me to death. I, I can't be a preacher. You know, I'm, I've always been talkative, but I can't preach. And uh, I think it was two weeks later. We started revival with Brother Roger Payton, evangelist at the time. He pastors now. And uh, and he said two things to me that week. But in one, one night, he looked over at me and pointed his finger at me and said, God's going to ask you to do some things, and it's going to scare you half to death. And I'll never forget that. And the only people that knew that conversation was like me, Kelly, and my father-in-law. 
And me and my father-in-law looked at each other with both of our eyes big, like he had no idea what just happened like two weeks prior. I mean, we had a real conversation about this. And I was like, mm-hmm. I can't preach. There's souls that may, you know, die that night and they listen to me. I can't do that. And that's important. You know, that's right. super something to think about. You're just not up there talking. You're up there preaching to souls. So I was really scared about it. But from that moment, from that moment when Brother Roger said that, I felt the burden hit me. As soon as he said it, I was like, I about I could have just slid down in my pew. I thought, oh, God's really trying to do something with me. And for seven months, I prayed. I won't say I ran from the calling. I've said that a few times, but my wife brought it to my attention that I was not running. I was just fighting with it. I wasn't necessarily running. Yeah, that's what I said I was at, too. I think there is a difference in running from a calling and... I was and wrestling. praying through it and dealing. Yeah. I was dealing wrestling with it. with it. Yeah, and I just didn't want to get up and say, "Well, Brother yeah. Roger said that," and you know, I guess I'm called. I I wrestled with it, and I remember being in that sunroom, and I go back there and shut the door. It wasn't nothing for me to go back there and be there from morning to evening on a Saturday. I got home at six thirty. It wasn't nothing for me to be done eating dinner at seven and be in that little study back there. I had a little study before I ever was called to preach, and. uh I'd be back there wrestling for seven months. I had messages written down in books. <laughs> I was studying. I didn't have a lot of books, but I had some. I had a laptop. I was back there praying on my little bench thingy I had. I mean, squalling, snot flying, everything, begging God, like, Lord. And then I got through there in Isaiah where it said, Here am I, Lord, send me. And when I, I was reading through the Bible, and when I read that one scripture, it hit me like anything. I mean, it hit me like bricks, concrete. Mm-hmm. And I prayed that scripture a hundred times couple hundred times here am i lord send me and uh, i prayed it and prayed it and prayed it. i mean seven months of just wrestling and finally it got to the point was it was either i'm gonna preach or be miserable yeah and that's when i was at work i think on wednesday and uh we lived about three or four miles from the church or maybe no i think it was thursday and i said pastor i need to talk to you um this evening and he i remember he messaged back and he said is it good or bad (laughs) and i said it depends on how you look at it i think it's good but you may think it's bad (laughs) and uh i talked to him and i said i'm called to preach and he said i already knew you was just waiting on you and so you know the rest is history i could say a lot more but i don't want to take up too much time but uh it was probably i don't know it had been several weeks and i still hadn't preached yet and he was waiting on me to tell him i was ready and i was waiting on him to ask me yeah and finally, yeah. uh, Zach said, well, just, I was like, I was ready. I had all kinds of messages ready and everything. I was just waiting. And I think Zach ended up saying something to his dad about Austin's ready. And then he asked me and, uh, cause I just, it was awkward. I didn't want to just be like, Hey, can I preach please? And so it was kind of awkward. And then I had my first message and, you know, but accepting that calling the point, what we're talking about seven months, I wrestled with prayer and fasted and it was, it was rough, but it's done. Yeah. It's I've never, I've never regretted it. I've had the peace of God about preaching ever since. Oh yeah. Um, brother, I'm here at this uh, fellowship meeting at uh, in in uh, Kilgore, Texas, and Brother Dennis Heath preached this morning. And he, uh, this is not what he was preaching on, but he referenced this, and he said. Uh, there's all kinds of young people that's trying to figure out God's specific will for their life. And he said, we need to know that. We need to know what God specifically wants for each and every one of us. But before we try to figure out his specific will, we need to make sure 
we're doing his revealed will in the word of God. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, do, that's, that do, is good. Yeah, live by the word of God. Do what the word of God has said. If if the word of God in black and white has said, this is the will of God, said, and everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And in other parts in the Bible, when it says this is the will of God, um, make sure you're doing that. Because, yeah. like he said, like I said, this is what he said. This is, uh, he said, you need to make sure you are doing the revealed word of God before, or the revealed will of God before you are doing God's specific will for you. And uh, I thought that was good advice. Yes. I thought that was good counsel. Yeah, that is good. I remember uh, I, w I had been testifying in things before I started preaching. You know, I'd get up and exhort a little bit and testify and. Um, Brother Lloyd Bailey, he got me up on Tuesday at his youth camp to testify. And he he wanted me to go up to the pulpit and exhort. And I hadn't said I was a preacher yet or anything. And uh, But I had prayed about it already, but I didn't tell nobody. But I told Dad that I was going to announce it Wednesday night. Like Monday night, I told Dad that I was going to announce it Wednesday night. So on Tuesday, we went to youth camp. And he wanted me to go up to the pulpit and exhort and and greet the congregation stuff. So I did, but I I didn't stand up or nothing, you know, with the preachers when they asked him to stand because I hadn't even announced it to our church yet. Well, then that was on Tuesday. Well, we came to our church on Wednesday and I announced it. We went back on Thursday. He had all the preachers stand up and I stood up that night. <laughs> so I wasn't a preacher on Tuesday, but I was one on Thursday of youth camp. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> uh, it does feel weird doing that for like when you, when you first start getting in there and they have the preacher stand up or they want to know where you're at and where you're from. Yeah. It, it, it is very yeah. uncomfortable when you've never done it before. Or if you've only preached, yeah, like, it is. If you've only preached like two times or something. Um, man, uh, years ago, whenever uh, God started dealing with me about preaching, like I said, I got saved when I was 10. I knew from 11 that I was wanting to preach, but I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, like, you know, God, what what do I need to do to prepare myself, this and that, whatever. Well, when I was about 14 or 15, God gave me a dream. I really believe it was from the Lord. And uh, in the dream, I was scheduled to preach at church one night. And I was talking to two people before church, and I was telling them what I was going to preach. And uh, I, it, I told them I was going to preach out of Nehemiah chapter 2. And I was just telling them about what was happening in Nehemiah chapter 2. And what I said was happening and what really happened in that chapter was two different things. And I got so nervous, so scared because I was like, my whole message is already messed up. I don't know what I'm talking about. So we went on in the church and the Holy Ghost started moving. But Mike was up at the altar or up at the pulpit and he was getting ready to turn it over to me. And he said, we're going to call up the preacher tonight. And they preached to us. I looked up at Brother Mike. And I said, no, I'm not preaching tonight. I can't preach. I'm all messed up. I don't know what to do. And he looked at me with a smile on his face. 
And he took two fingers like he was anointing somebody and just looked at me, didn't say anything, and put his fingers up on his head like he was anointing me and said, come here. And I said, no, I can't preach. I can't preach. I can't do it. I messed up. I don't know what I'm talking about. I've got my notes all messed up. And just kept smiling at me, put his fingers back on his head and said, come here, come here. And we did that back and forth three or four times. And uh, finally at the end, the very last time, it finally dawned on me. So Mike's going to ask me to come up there and preach right now. He's wanting to anoint me. And that was the end of the dream. I went up front and he anointed me. And I went and talked to Brother Mike about that. I told him my dream. And he said he believes what God was trying to tell me was, one, you, if, if you're called to preach, you need to study now and prepare. Don't just wait till you answer the call to study, but study now. Know what the Word of God says. Study, search the Scriptures. Study to show that self-approved unto God. A workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the Word of Truth. You need to study, but then you need to pray for the anointing. Pray that God would anoint you with an anointing that only comes from him. And uh, I took that and I prayed, God, would you, God, would you help me? God, would you anoint me? Help me to study. And I tried to get into the word of God, let the word of God get into me. And then just a couple of years later, God brought it to fruition. And there's another guy one time, he told me, he said, he said, if you're called, if you are really and truly called, he told me, don't run from it, but try to do something else. If God is dealing with you to enter the ministry, to preach whatever it is, um, try to get your mind off of it. Go fishing. Go do something else. And if it's still consuming you and you can't get away from it, it's a good indication that God may be dealing with you. But um, one thing that I do like to tell people Whenever you're trying to find God's will for your life, um, yes, there's a waiting period. Yes, there's a time whenever you got, whenever you're seeking God, you you need to be praying. You need to be uh, fasting. You need to be seeking uh, God's word and seeking truth. But uh, if you want to know God's will for your life, the thing I tell people is follow His fingerprints. If things have happened in your life that uh, that seem to be more than just coincidence, then follow his fingerprints. And if you are following his fingerprints and the trail stops right where you're at, you stop and you work right where God's called you. For example, before me and my family ever stepped out, um, God's fingerprints had led us to uh, being Sunday school teachers. And it left me there for 10 years, 10, 11 years. It led me to uh, to uh, being over a um, Christian, uh, it wasn't really a nursing home. It was, like, I, I, I can't think what it's called, an, an assisted living house. I was over a, uh, a uh, ministry where we'd go out there and we'd preach and sing to the residents that at that uh, assisted living house. And I was over that for like 11 or 12 years. And but that's where God's fingerprint stopped for us, um, and we stayed right there, and um, and did what God asked us to do until 
we've seen a fingerprint somewhere else. And um, that's one thing my pastor has always told me. He said, God only gives promotions to people that are active in the church. He's not going to give somebody a promotion or call them into the ministry, call them into doing this or that, if they're just sitting, taking up space on a pew, not doing nothing. But if you want God, uh, if you want to be used of God, if you want to, uh, if you feel like you've got a calling on your life, then be active in your church. Be active in your youth group. Be active in wherever you can be active in in the in in your body of believers, right where you're at. And when time for promotion comes, God will God will notice you, and then God will bring it to pass in His time. Yeah, I like that. I'll follow up with that a little bit. Be faithful where you're at and yeah. with what you're doing, like Mark was just saying there. You know, David, when David went and killed Goliath, you, you know, he did not go to that battlefield to kill Goliath. No. He, you know what he was doing? He was delivering yeah, bread he, and cheese. Carrying the groceries. He was he was Uber Eats. Yeah. <laughs> and there he went, yeah. carrying the groceries. Yeah. But he was being faithful in his field. That's all he was yeah. doing. He was being faithful. Already anointed. And when he got there, the opportunity came. Already called. He didn't say... I ain't carrying bread and cheese. You yeah. find somebody else to carry. I ain't stacking chairs. I ain't cleaning up the yeah. bathrooms. I ain't picking up the trash around the parking lot. Right. Yeah. That's what he was that's basically what he was doing. Yeah. He was yeah. cleaning the church. He was he was washing the dishes, whatever he was doing, you know, he was stacking the chairs. And he got there and because he was faithful, God used him his opportunity was because he was being faithful. Yeah, and you know, when God calls you to do something in yeah. the church, if you're ever gonna, you know, say be the number one lay preacher or if you want to be the constant singer or the constant piano player or whatever you need to work and follow your pastor you know just because you start doing something doesn't mean you're going to be used all the time or whatever you know i i was a lay preacher and brother zach was a lay preacher and he just didn't put brother zach in his assistant pastor his first message you know i didn't start evangelizing first 10 messages you know, we're talking about years of sitting under a pastor and learning and preaching every time. You know, I came to church with a message to preach every night. You know, I just didn't wait till I was called to go study. And, I've, you know, I've heard funny stories of people saying, well, the pastor called the lay preacher to preach. And he was like, I need a two weeks head notice. You know, and that's kind of, I think that's hilarious. But, uh, you know, my pastor is like, we well, come to preach every service. Come ready to preach. Have something on your heart. And so just be ready. Be ready, be active, yeah. like you said. And if you know what you do in secret, God will reward you openly. And if you do what you're supposed to do and you're called, if you're truly called, you'll want to preach. You know, if you're truly called, you'll want to sing or whatever the whatever the job is. God will promote you in due time. Even though, like, you know, for example, you may think you're a better instrumentalist than the person that's first string or whatever you want to call it. You may think you're better. Wait your turn. Wait in line. God will promote you after a while. And uh, just do what you're supposed to do. Be active in what you're doing right now, even though it may not appease you right now. You know, a lot of times, even as a lay preacher, you know, God's called the pastor to preach in that pulpit. If he lets you preach, it's by his good graces he lets you preach. But if you're a lay preacher and you got the fire shut up in your bones, you want to preach all the time. Well, you're not the pastor of that church, so you get to preach when he asks. But if God's really calling you to do something, I remember God just starting to move on us to evangelize. And I finally told my pastor, I said, I'm getting ready. I'm, God's calling me to evangelize. 
and we prayed about it. We knew it was the will of God, and it's a whole story in itself. I don't want to take up too much time. And uh, But we both knew. I told my pastor, I said, I will never buy a truck in fifth wheel and pull off the church lot unless we both know it's the will of God and we're both happy about it. And even though I took his daughter and his grandkids away and the lead guitar player and guitar player and I was the choir drummer and we was very involved in the church. We, we, you know, we held many hats. I was pretty much the designated van driver, drove all over the place. Me and brother Zach did a lot. And I, I took the youth group a lot of places and, uh, you know, we did a lot of things. We was very involved, but when God called, you know, my pastor hated it. He, he said these exact words, I'd rather lose my right arm than lose you all. Cause that was his daughter and grandkids. Mostly. I don't know so much about me, but, <laughs> but anyways, I'm just joking. But, you know, it was the fact that it was the will of God, and he knew it was. And that's exactly what we need to be, in the perfect will of God. And so, Brother Zach, what about, um, as we're talking yeah. about this, God began to call me to evangelize. I pretty much knew he was going to evangelize before I was called to preach. I, it was one of the things I think I wrestled so long with, is that fleshly, having a truck and fifth one traveling the country sounds like an awesome vacation, and it, and it is for the first two or three months till real life sets in and you realize what you're actually doing. It's a whole different ball game. It's lonely. You know, you're not, you know, you can't go to everybody's birthday party and you can't hang out with all the young people in church. And you know, a lot of things, it's a whole different ball game and the flesh, you know, I wanted a nice house and lots of land and four wheelers. And I wanted all these things, but God didn't, wasn't calling me to do that. But I prayed through and knew I was supposed to be a full-time evangelist and have been for three years all right, Brother Mark, so you're a full-time evangelist, have been for a while. I remember when we worked together, and, you know, we worked side-by-side, side, same truck, same crew, all day, every day. And uh, every day we was at work, sometimes 40, 56, 70 hours a week. And I remember talking to you when I was when I was uh, being called to preach. And uh, whoop, hold on a second. There we go, about to drop my mic. Um, I remember talking <laughs> to you when uh, God was calling me to preach, and, you know, you was trying to give me advice, and, just different things, and I was like, man, I can't. God was calling me to preach, and then God was calling me to evangelize. And you said these words. You said, I will never evangelize. I don't see myself doing that. And you shared with me some of your goals, ambitions you thought God was dealing with you to do, and all of this. And so I'm a full-time evangelist, have been for probably a year and a half, two years. And all of a sudden, I get some phone calls and texts from Mark White that says, well, guess what? Never say never. So why don't you just give us a little yeah. little insight on where where the whole burden to evangelize started? Because you had a good thing going where you was at. Yes, sir. The Lord had uh, blessed us there at the home church. Um, as a said, I was a lay preacher there for probably about 13, 14 years, and Brother Mike had leaned a lot on us, and. Uh, then, like I said, we were Sunday school teachers, me and my wife both was. And then we did that assisted living house. Um, I remember whenever the Lord really first started dealing with me. Um, I went and talked to Brother Mike, me and my wife did. Um, God had led us into working with young people. Um, I never had the title of a youth leader pastor, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we worked with the little kids and, um, uh, we did, we always called it. We'd come out and have a kids Saturday or we would have, uh, um, kids Friday, whatever. 
we go out and we just do different things with the kids. We play with them, uh, play some games, sing some some uh, some kids songs, have some skits, puppets, and then uh, I would preach to them for a little bit. Well, that eventually led into doing kids crusades, and I remember. The very, very, very first time I even talked to Brother Mike about being an evangelist was um, uh, me and my wife stepped in his office, and it was about doing these kids' crusades. And I said, Brother, do you think God could be dealing with me about hitting the road and being a full-time evangelist doing kids' crusades? He said, it's very possible, Brother. And this is what I told Brother Mike. I said, Brother Mike, I do not want to be an evangelist. <laughs> I told Brother Mike that. And uh, that's he what you said, call uh, the Lord making you eat your words. Yeah, 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 that's what you call it. He said, he said, you may not want to, brother, but if that's how God's leading you, that's going to be the best thing for you. And it wasn't long after that. I remember my pastor, he preached a message. And man, I tell you, he preached down my down my bean row. He titled his message, At Thy Word I Will. And uh, I'll try not to take up too much time, but this this is whenever people ask me how it happened with me, I always go back to this night when Brother Mike preached this message. Um, for years and years and years, like Brother Austin said, I did not want to evangelize. I wanted to be a pastor or a youth or a, uh, a uh, assistant pastor somewhere along them lines. But I never, ever wanted to be an evangelist. I don't know why. It just was not what I wanted. But um, when God started dealing with me, it scared me. And I didn't want to do it. Brother Mike preached on At Thy Word I Will. And he's talking about them disciples that had fished and pulled all the night and had labored and, and, and had caught nothing. And uh, then, then come Jesus and said, launch out into the deep. Cast your nets on the right side of the ship and you'll bring in a jaw of fishes. And the way he brought that out was these disciples, these fishermen were experienced fishermen. They knew the Sea of Galilee. They knew how to catch fish. It was their livelihood. It's how they raised their families, supported their families, paid their bills. They knew that the best time to fish on the Sea of Galilee was at nighttime because it's so clear. And the sun and everything, it scares the fish away because it's just hard to fish in clear water. He said, but when Jesus came and asked them to launch out the deep, cast your net on the right side of the boat, he said, Jesus was asking them to do something that you don't want to do. He said, but Peter responded by saying this, Lord, we have told all the night. But nevertheless, at thy word, we will. And so they did it. And you know the story. They let down their net, caught a draw to fishes so much that even their net break at, at, at one time. And he was preaching, there's going to be times in your life, God's going to ask you to do something you don't want to do. But in them times, if you'll do it just because he asked you, just because he asked you to do it, if you'll do it for that reason only, um, that's when you bring in a draw to fishes. And he'll give you a love for it and a desire for it. And just time, time went on. I prayed about that. And uh, 
was that that was right where I was living. I said, God, I don't want to evangelize. I don't want to evangelize. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. But God started asking me to do something that I didn't want to do. Well, we kept working with the children. And then Kid Fridays, Kid Saturdays, turned into Kids Crusades. We did our first Kids Crusade, I think, in 17 or 18 at Bear Creek. And uh, the next year, I think we did two or three Kids Crusades. The year after that, I think we did three or four Kids Crusades. And uh, it just became evident that this was how God was leading us. And uh, we did some kids' crusades, had some uh, kids pray to be saved at some of them. Kids got help, and uh, and uh, and I give God all the praise and the glory for it. It's nothing that I've that that I've done. I give Him all the praise. But um, uh, so that's what we did. God asked me to do something that I didn't want to do, and um, I just said yes. But I I I will say it didn't stay that God asked me to do something that I want to do. Whenever I actually launched out and said, God, I'm just going to do it because you asked me. And whatever happens, happens. God gave me a love and a desire for it. And I love what I'm doing. I was going to uh, say, I right know now, that you love evangelizing because we talk all the time and you, yeah. you love it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's just something about it right now. I know for people, you know, God don't always, like I said, God don't always call people that want to preach. Uh, and right now, there may be people listening that God's called them to preach or called them to do something that they don't want to do. And right now, you may have a a a a thinking or an inclination that I'll never love that. I'll never want to do that. But if you will just surrender to God and just do what he's asked you, God will give you a love for it. God will give you a desire and a burden for it. Um, and that's, that's, that's what he did to me. And uh, so here we launched out full time December 31st of 2020. Um, right in the middle of the, of the unmentioned word on this podcast. And uh, it was scary. Um, some people thought we was crazy. But... The Lord has helped us. I remember the night I prayed it through and I told, and, uh, and, uh, the Lord came in our, in, in, in our camper, in our bedroom. And I think I prayed more words speaking in tongues than I did in English. And he just confirmed in my heart that now's the time to go and everything's going to be okay. So we stepped out December 31st, 2020. And here we are almost a year and four months later, and God's helped us. God's opened doors that I never could have opened on myself, by myself. And um, we're trying to get kids crusades picked back up. We uh, had to take a, we did have to take a break from them because of everything going on in the world, but we're trying to get them started back this year. We've got several scheduled and um, just uh, just continue working on for the Lord, see what God's going to do. Yes, sir. So if anybody wants a kid's crusade or knows of somebody that wants one, you can holler at Mark White. He does kid's crusades. But one thing that uh, that amazes me about being in the ministry, and we need to get off here, is that when God calls you, and he called me, and he called Brother Zach, he also called our wives and children as well. And uh, I know our little children obviously don't 
you know, that's a little different for them. But when God calls you in the ministry, you know, he's calling a pastor's wife, preacher's wife, evangelist's wife. And it's a big deal for them, too, especially it's more of a big deal for an evangelist's wife than it is for the evangelist. Because, you know, if you're like me, you just don't, you know, it's a little different. I don't care to be uprooted. But for the women, you know, the house and everything, it's a big deal. And so I remember just the way the Holy Ghost moved. When we first got our fifth wheel, I remember my wife, and she could tell it better, but she was in our fifth wheel like, God, are we really doing this? Did we really just do this? Can we even do this? And she was asking God, can I do this? I don't think I can do this. My wife's super talented. Played, she could play anything with strings and sing like an angel, but she just didn't know. She's like, I don't know if I can do this. And uh, I know it's a big battle for wives as well. And uh, I remember the Lord just really moving on her in prayer and showing her through the word of God that he was going to bless her and help her. And you look, you know, all these years yeah. later, you look how God just comforted her every time she's went to the Lord with a question or went to the Lord with like, God, I don't know how this is going to work out. God's been so faithful in church. And he speaks to my wife a lot through just the Bible and she'll open a scripture and it'll be exactly what she needs. And uh, it's just amazing how the Lord, when he calls you, he also lets the wife know, just like when the angel spoke to Mary, he also spoke to Joseph. And uh, it's just amazing how God will do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyways, we talked about what to do when God calls you. Well, it's been good to be with you all. Brother Mark, thank you for stopping by again. And appreciate what you had yes, to sir. say. Yes, sir. Thank you all for having me. Yeah. Yes, sir. I thought it was a good conversation. My wife was super backward, and she still is, is very backward. She's coming out of it. And uh, she that was what she were, one of the things she worried about so much. Yeah. Because she's so backward, and she didn't want to – not that she didn't want to interact with people, but she was nervous about it. And uh, yeah. the Lord spoke to her one night and told her he's going to give her boldness. And she's really come a long way. And yeah. she was praying with somebody the other day, and <laughs> she's going to kill me for telling this one here. We got in church, and she turned around, and she felt like going to pray for somebody. She back there, and she grabbed him by the head and was praying for him and shouting. You know, she would never, ever <laughs> have done that a year or two yeah. ago. And uh, the Lord's done, you know, just what he said he'd do in helping her. And so I just thought I'd throw that yeah. in there. You know, that is a, they are a huge part of it. I was and telling them in Revival the other night about my wife, and she played the guitar. You know, she don't play the piano like Zach does. She plays the guitar, so it's a little different. And she kind of battled that. She's like, I don't play the piano. I don't. I play guitar. And she's like, I'm not going to I'm not gonna carry guitar amps and stuff in a church. That's embarrassing. I'm not doing that. That's just what she said. And I told her, I said, baby, I will. Don't worry about it. I'll carry the amps. I'll carry the guitars. I'll carry it all. You just play it. And I needed her. And she needed to come out of the box, out of the comfort zone to be able to do that. And, uh, you know, three years later to where she's at now, she'll get up, pray through a song, take over. I mean, she'll sing and people, when I say take over, she'll get up there and she hates when I say that. But she'll get up there and sing and be anointed and people just come out and pray, shout, do whatever. And I'm like, you know, praise God. You know, it uses you and your wife as a team. And uh, and it's just amazing to see what God God can do and how he uses you together as a team. Yes. Well, we yeah. hope you all have yes, enjoyed sir. this episode of the podcast. A little bit different today, but hopefully you got something out of it. And we will talk to you all next week. Brother Mark, good to have you. Good to be here. God bless y'all.
race of life I've run The Lord says to me, my child, well done There will be no regrets for me, I'll be